Uh, we have been in the book of Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and my mouth's getting a little dry, so I'm going to mm, get a nice drink from that. But Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount, this is uh, probably the best sermon ever given, and so I... Uh, I decided, well, if it's the best sermon ever given, I'm just going to copy it. You know what I'm saying? And so we, we've, we, we've been in, in the Sermon on the Mount, the first half of it. And uh, in this, in this uh, what we've realized is what Jesus is sharing with us is very counterculture. It's very, it's, it, it creates a tension inside of our lives because uh, what he's saying, it challenges challenges us in the way that we that we live in the way that we respond and so we're going to start at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3 and Jesus starts off and he says this he says bless the word blessed in the Greek is the word makarios and uh, that means to be happy but not happy based off of what is happening but happy based off something that's deep down inside and, and so Jesus is like blessed are the poor in spirit to which we're like why is that blessed for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Number, verse number 9, and this is what we're going to be looking at today, 9, 10, and 11. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Man, I just feel blessed right there. We're just going to pray and we're just going to end, you know. Uh, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. But this morning, like I said, we're going to be on week four. Uh, and, and so I'm going to pray. We're going to jump into it. And I do, I want to uh, do a special prayer. I know we got people who aren't feeling good. We have uh, one person of our church, their husband is in the ICU. We're going to pray for him real quick. And, but also, I want to pray for our nation. Once again, we find our nation split and divided and in pain. And so uh, no matter where you stand, lie on, on the issue that was, that was taken uh, this past Friday, uh, we just, at the end of the day, like our heart is that there would be peace and unity. Amen, somebody? And, and, and so, so I want to pray into that. Just pray for God's peace to, to uh, just overwhelm, overwhelm our nation. And at the same time, just oddly enough, we're talking about being peacemakers. So I didn't plan that. But uh, you have an opportunity to put this to practice when you get home today. Enough said, I'm going to pray. So, Father, we love you. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for what you're doing in this place, God, I thank you for each person that's sitting here uh, this morning, each person that's viewing us online. God, right now we pray uh, specifically for, for uh, Dave, for Janelle's husband. God, as he's lying in ICU, Father, I pray that you would give the doctors wisdom on how to, how to figure out what the issue is, God. Father, I pray for peace over his family, peace over his wife, God. I pray that, uh, God, that the same miracle worker that was in the Bible is the same miracle working God today. And so we stand on your word. We stand on your faithfulness. God, I pray for any person in this room that's dealing with some type of health issue, God. We, we speak healing over their lives right now, God. We pray for healing over our nation, God. 
We pray, God, that as we just continue to put you first, as, as we continue to say that you are the author and the finisher, the first and the last, God, that you, uh, that, that, that you would just have your way in our nation. Father, I, I, God, if, 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 the, if your body of Christ cannot live in harmony with one another, how can the world how can the culture? And so, God, I pray that you would just help the believers, those that would identify as believers, as followers of you, Jesus, that we would just love and we would choose to be peacemakers in our nation, in our world, in our sphere, in our workplace, in our families, God. We thank you for the opportunity to do that. Lord, we love you. I pray that this message this morning, God, that it would fall on good ground. God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here blessed. God, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. And so we thank you. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone say amen. 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 So, but, so right, like right now, I have three kids. I have an 11-year-old. I have a eight-year-old, and I have a four-year-old, four okay? And uh, so, but before my wife and I ever had kids, we made this conscious decision that we wanted to raise our kids in such a way that when our friends invited us over for dinner, they would be like, and bring your kids. We actually, we, we wanted to raise kids in such a way that once our friends invited us over once, they would invite us over again. See, y'all are laughing because you know that there are just some times when you invite your friends over for dinner, they got those kids. And we love those kids. We just don't like them over our house. Come on, somebody. I'm just, I'm messing kind of. And, uh, and so, like, we, we know, like, those people that you invite over and they got those kids that just, like, you don't even know them. And they just, like, open up your fridge. And you're like... Can I spank you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like those kids that they just come in your house and all of a sudden they're jumping on your couch. And you look at the parents, you're like, you're going to say something, right? And they're like, Johnny has so much energy. And you're like, yeah, he does. Come on, you know what I'm saying? That person, those kids. And my wife and I, we, we made this decision that we wanted to raise kids that when you invite us over, you know good and well that they're jumping on your couch. They're going to get a hand. You know what I'm saying? Now, here's why I say this, because I almost lost track and I just started talking about parenting. But, but here, here, here's why I'm bringing this up. It's because, now, now, I understand that kids have different personalities, some kids have different, different uh, demeanors, and, and some are super wild, some are just naturally chill. But despite that, here's what I've discovered, that the way that my kids act is a reflection of, I'm going to say that again, how my kids act is a reflection of me. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9, Jesus gives us this attribute. And he says, those people who, act, who have this attribute, they will be identified as a son and daughter of God. And do you know what that attribute is? Peacemaker. 
And so Jesus is essentially saying those who have the attribute of being a peacemaker, they, like how they act, how, how, how you and I act as a follower of Jesus. Now, if you're here this morning and you are not a follower of Jesus, first off, you're welcome. We designed this church for you. We're glad that you're here. But if you are here and you are a believer, a follower of Jesus, guess what? Jesus is essentially saying how you act is a reflection of your daddy. How you act, how I act is a reflection of who God is. And he gives this, this, this attribute. He says, those who are peacemakers will be called a son and daughter of God. Whew. Now that, that word uh, in the Greek, peacemaker, is the word arena polis. And, and, and so it, it, it means not just someone who chooses peace. But it, but it goes deeper. It, it actually means someone who doesn't just choose peace, but someone that loves peace. How many in, you, in here love peace? Like, so, so someone who not just chooses peace, but they choose it because they love peace. And then it goes a little further because it's not someone that just loves peace, but it's someone who, who loves peace because they've encountered peace. They've encountered peace. They've encountered the person of peace. Now, in John chapter 16 and verse 33, uh, Jesus, he's hanging out. He's hanging out with his disciples. They're, they're at their last dinner party that they're about to have. They're eating great food. They're drinking great wine. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and they're, just, they're hanging out. They're hanging out at the table. They're, they're, they're just, they, they, they're learning from Jesus. And then all of a sudden, Jesus, he lets them know, like, hey, guys, my time is about to end. And it was like that record scratch. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm, my, my time's about to come. And, and remember, they're, they're at this party. And Jesus, he, he just, he disrupts this dinner party. And, uh. And, 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 they're, and they're, they're there, and Jesus is like, my time's about to come. And, and it begins to freak them out. They, they, they begin to become a little panicky inside. Because now all of a sudden, they're like, wait, we're going to have to figure out life without you, Jesus? Like, without you physically next to us? <gasps> like, we're going to have to figure out how to, how to do this Thing and in, in, in uh, John, excuse me, John chapter sixteen and verse thirty-three. Here's what Jesus says. I love this. He says, "I have told you all of this that I'm about to leave, that you're going to be persecuted." He's like, "I'm about to tell you all of this, not so you freak out, not so that you freak out, but so that you may have peace. Peace where? Peace." In me, peace in Jesus. He said, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. And so Jesus, he's sharing with his disciples, I'm about to leave. I'm having an anxiety attack, Jesus. Don't worry. You don't have to freak out. Because you can have peace in me. 
And you can have peace in me and ensure assurance in me because whatever you're going through, you can be confident I've already overcame it. Whatever, whatever uh, stress thing you're dealing with, don't worry because I, I've already, Jesus is essentially saying, hey, I am your peacemaker. Friends, that's great, great news. He said, I am your peacemaker. And so what I have to understand is that before I can ever, before me, before I can ever be a peacemaker out here, I first have to allow the peacemaker to do what he needs to do in here. I got to first be able to encounter and experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. I got to first encounter an internal peace. A peace that no matter what's happening, I know, Jesus, you're doing something. I might not see it, but I believe it. God, I thank you that you're giving me peace in my heart. That's what he's saying. He's like, I, I'm giving, you can have peace in me. And so once I experience the internal peace from the peacemaker, now I have the opportunity to show peace in my sphere of influence. So at my workplace, in my family, like I now have the opportunity to be a peacemaker. And I think James gives us great, just three, like I think are very uh, great steps on how you and I can be a peacemaker. Now listen, James was a brother of Jesus. And so if anyone needed to understand how to live a life of peace, it's the brother of Jesus. Because you always just want to beat up Jesus. Because he's always doing amazing things. He's snapping his finger in his room's clip. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you're annoying Jesus. And so if anyone was going to live, by, live with peace, know how to be a peacemaker, it's the brother of Jesus. And so here's what James gives us. He gives us three, I think, very applicable things that you and I, once we've encountered the peace of Jesus internally, that we can show and be a peacemaker externally. In James chapter 1 and verse 19, he says, My dear brothers and sisters, Take note of this. In the Greek, that means take note, okay? So, <laughs> I just want to bless you this morning. Uh, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. Quick to speak. Um, nope, nope, nope. Quick to listen. <laughs> uh, some of y'all, y'all already got that part. Uh, Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So within this simple verse, James is giving us some recipes so that you and I can learn to be peacemakers. The first thing he says is to be quick to listen. Am I, being, am I quick to listen? Am I as anxious for people to hear what I have to say as I am hearing what people have to say? Is it always my opinion that I'm trying to, to give or am I listening to other people? Like, I got to be quick to listen. Quick to be able to just be like, okay, I, I may not agree with you, but go ahead. Quick to listen. And then he says, I don't just got to be quick to listen. He said, I got to be slow to speak. 
slow to speak. That means that I have to learn that not everything that I think in here needs to come out here or needs to come out here or here. I'll say that again. Not everything that I think that, that, that I think of right here needs to come out right here, right here, or right here. Like, I got to, <laughs> she said, gotcha. She said, I got to, or she said, he said, I got to be slow to speak. Do I have enough self-control to be able to filter and gate everything that I want to say, everything that I want to type? Because did you know that self-control is actually an attribute, the fruit of the Spirit? And so my ability to show self-control is evidence that Jesus is dwelling in me, is evidence that he's doing some peace work in me. So, so James, he says, I got to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and I love this, slow to become angry. We live in a culture that rages instantly. And I wish it was just the world, but we have Christians raging. Like we got to learn to, to, to learn how to process what I'm intaking. And am I dragging my anger with me towards other people? How many of you guys have ever been angry at someone that you just met because they look like a person that got you mad a week ago? <laughs> Happens to me all the time. But we got to learn to be slow to anger. And I feel like I can just stop this message right now because I feel like that's just, that's enough in itself. But Jesus continues, so I must continue. And so he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for they will be called sons and daughters of God. Like we got to learn to be peacemakers. You have a great opportunity to be a peacemaker at your workplace. You got a great opportunity to be a peacemaker with your family with your neighbors. And then if we think that was hard, Jesus, like with these next few verses, Jesus gets a little more intense. I almost read in this, I'm almost like, Jesus, I wish you were like broke this up. <laughs> Maybe brought one verse in the front half and then like end with, because like it's just, it's a lot. You're asking me to be a peacekeeper and you don't understand the time that I live in. Oh, he gets it. He understands. But then he goes on and says this. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to drink to that real quick. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Did you guys know that in some kids' sports, you can play a game, and there's no winners? Like, they can be in organized sports, and there's no winning. There's no losing. It's for fun. What? My son, a long time ago, he played a sport, 
And, uh, and they told all the parents at the very beginning, they said, hey, uh, we just want you to know we don't keep score. Well, how do you know who wins? There are no winners. I'm like, what? That's so bizarre to me. And, and so, like, my, my son loves the idea because he got a trophy even though they lost. So he loved the idea, but I'm thinking, like, man, like, what's the purpose? Like, if, how many guys played sports? Even if it was a while back, okay. So, like, there, like, if you played sports, like, all the pain, sweat, and tears that I put into practicing, you want it to pay off. You want, thank you, you want your pain to have a purpose. You want, you want to have your pain have a purpose. And here's why I bring this up, is when Jesus said, blessed are the persecuted, if you're not careful, if I'm not careful, I'm like, that doesn't sound like fun. I don't want to be persecuted for no reason. That's where you're like, amen. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be persecuted for nothing. Like, if I have to go through the pain of persecution, I want it to be for a purpose. I need it to be for a purpose. And then, and then Jesus goes on in, in, in verse 11. So he said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And then he goes on in verse 11, and he says this. He says something. He says, blessed are you when people insult you, attack you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. So like he goes even deeper. So, so, so verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted. Man, I don't want to be persecuted. That doesn't sound fun. But I'm not finished. He said, then blessed are those who insult you. Blessed are those who attack you. Or excuse me, blessed are you. Blessed are you. There we go. Who insults you. Blessed are you when people insult you. Blessed are you when people attack you. Blessed are you when people talk smack about you. And I'm like, no. What's the point? How is that a blessing? I don't feel happy when you insult me. I don't feel happy when I feel persecuted. I don't feel happy when I'm attacked. And I, and I was reading this, and, and I realized, like, if I am not careful, I will begin to think that there is no purpose in the persecution, which will lead me to despise the persecution that Jesus is referring to. See, because what, what we find out at the end of verse 10 and at the end of verse 11 is, is that Jesus, he gives purpose to the pain. Watch this. He said in verse 10, he said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness sake. Okay, that might mean not, not, not anything to you. Verse 11, blessed are those who insult you, attack you falsely, say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So, Jesus, what he's doing, I believe what he's doing is he's, he's allowing us to put purpose to the pain of persecution. Because what Jesus is telling us here, 
that you are going to go through persecution as a believer. He said, but here's the reason why you're going through persecution. Here's the reason why the world's going to persecute you. Here's the reason why the world is going to insult you. It's like, and he says this, because you look like me. He said, you are persecuted because of me. You, you and I, we're going to be persecuted. People are going to talk smack about us because I look like Jesus. Because you act like Jesus. Because you think like Jesus. Because you speak like Jesus. Friends, that's Christianity. And, he, and so Jesus, he's giving us a purpose for the pain of persecution. That you're going to be persecuted because people are going to realize you look different than the culture standards. Which got me thinking that if I am not being persecuted, does that mean it's because I look more like culture than I do like Christ? If I don't have people insulting me because I, I choose to stay pure, not me, I'm married. Hello. TMI, John, TMI. But if I choose to not, are people insulting me? Like, why are you, why are you doing this? Why, why? Are people insulting me? Are people persecuting me because I choose to stand and look like Jesus? Because if they're not, do I look more like culture than I do like Christ? See, the ultimate goal here, friends, is that you and I, that we would look like Jesus. In fact, Christian means like little Christ. The whole idea of me being a Christian means I'm a little Christ-like. I'm a follower. I'm a disciple of Jesus. Like our heart, our goal is to, is to mirror how he looks. And the keys can come up because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish. Here's what Paul writes in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Paul writes this, So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. That we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Right there, Paul's letting us know, hey, our job is we're to see and then reflect. See and reflect. See and reflect. And, and, and here's what I love about this verse is that it's very easy because I don't want you to leave here like defeated. My heart for, like for you and for me is to not read this, what Paul is writing, and to be like, ah, my life doesn't look like Christ right now. I can never do this. And to walk away and give up. Because that's not the heart. That's not the heart of Jesus. And so if we can put that verse back up. He says, he says, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit, watch this, makes us more and more like him. There's the grace and the good news in all of this. The, the idea that Paul writes that we can become more 
and more. More and more. Signifying that my salvation, my, my desire to look like Jesus, it's a process. That, that where I want to be, where I'm at doesn't, doesn't have to decide where I'm going to be, but he wants to, he wants to make me more and more. Day by day, more and more like Jesus. I just, he, like it doesn't have to be something. So this means like no matter where you at, where you're at on this spectrum of your faith in Jesus, you, you, you may not even have started yet. But no matter where you're at on the spectrum of Jesus, the beauty of this is that he wants to do more and more. That no matter where you're at, he still wants to do more and more. And here's the best part. On this journey, there are moments and times where I fall back. Oh, that's just me. Okay. So there, there, there's just moments and times where, where like I'm taking steps forward and then I just, I just take a few steps back. But in those moments, he's working, us, working on us more and more. So as long as I don't give up, as long as I'm willing to get back up, dust myself off, as long as I'm like, hey, I'm going to try this again, here we go. More and more and more and more and more and more. It's a process that he wants to do in our life. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that Jesus is allowing us to, to, to walk in this process of becoming more and more like him. He said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because of righteousness, because of me. Blessed are you. Friends, I... I want to encourage you this morning that, that despite what your, your friends may think, despite what culture may think, the goal is to look like Jesus. The goal is to look like Jesus. And then in the very next verse, and then, and then I'm done. Jesus, he spent the first 12 verses saying, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. He spent this entire time establishing the fact that as a believer in Jesus, my life is automatically counter to culture. Automat he spent the, the past 12 verses establishing this idea and I believe the reason why Jesus spent all this time letting us know, hey, you're different. You're called to something different. You're called to something greater. You're called to a higher standard. You're called to a higher way of living. I think the reason why Jesus, he, why he drilled this in us was because what he said in the very next verse, verse 13, he says this, you are the salt of the earth. Then he says, you are the light of the earth. He spent all this time letting us know, hey, we're called to be different because we're called to be salt and we're called to be light. 
You're called to stand out to add flavor. You're called to stand out and be a light in darkness. He said in order for us to be salt, in order for us to be light, we can't be the same. We have to be different and not a weird different. I'm so tired of people thinking different. It means weird. You don't have to be weird. Like we're called to be different because we're called to be salt. We're called to be light. Amen, somebody.